Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Personal Touch International Ministries broadcast. We just thank God for being here and our sitting in for our pastor, Pastor Tracy Robinson, and our pastor, Pastor-elect, uh, Roosevelt Robinson. We just thank God for being here. We thank God for 2015. Amen. We thank God for another year, another year that the Lord has brought us over, and we just thank God for it. Our pastor for 2015, the word that the Lord had given her is to let us know that for our ministry that this is the year of no regrets. And we thank God for it because truly, you know, you can't go through life living with a whole bunch of regrets. You can't move forward in the Lord living with a whole bunch of regrets. You know, some, we have to lay aside every weight, anything that tries to get in our way. And truly, when you live in the world of regrets or you live with you know, what should have happened or what could have happened is definitely hard to move forward. But we thank God because for Personal Touch International Ministries, the year, our year for 2015 is a year of no regrets. Amen. And, again, we thank God for our pastor in our absence, Pastor Tracy Robinson, and for our pastor, Pastor-elect Roosevelt Robinson. Amen. Truly, we thank God for the opportunity, and we just thank God again for 2015. One of the things that we're going to talk about tonight, we have a, a few things that we're going to go over, but, you know, many times we look at a new year and we talk about the things that we want to do for the new year. We talk about how we want to move forward in God. We talk about, you know, um, for some people it could be losing weight, but, you know, really I'm really talking about a lot of the spiritual things or as far as the weightier matters that we want to go with. But here's the thing. We are not going to be able to go but so far in God if we don't get rid of those things that are inside of us. You know, when we look back on 2014, there truly there were some things that was hindered us. It wasn't always the other person. It wasn't always the black man, the white man, the short man, or whatever. It was us. Many times we hindered our own self by the way we acted, by the way we behaved, by the way we, you know, conducted ourselves. It wasn't the other person who hindered us. It wasn't the other person who kept us from moving forward, but it was from us ourselves. We kept our own self back. Amen? So when we talk about 2015, the year of no regrets, we have to keep saying it to ourselves, but we have to make sure that we bring our our thoughts, our feelings, our body, our actions in line with that. Amen? And we, the 2015, the year of no regrets, because we know all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. 
Are you called according to his purpose? Do you love God? Well, if you are called according to his purpose and you love God, there are certain basic things that we have to do. You know, one of the things um, that we have to do, well, there are several things we're going to talk about. As I said, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Excuse me again. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Um, And there are two translations. I'm going to read the King James Version And then I also want to read the New Living Translation. Again, that's Hebrews 6, verses 1 through 3. Amen. The first one is in the New King James Version is, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Again, I'm going to read that in the King James Version. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. So he's saying leaving those principles. We're moving forward. Let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. And again, I want to read Hebrews 6, 1 through 3 in the New Living Translation, which reads, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Again, it says, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. So in other words, we don't need to keep going over the same thing. Does Jesus love me? Um, Do I need to be saved? You know, will God come through for me? You know, I'm I'm in the bind. Will God hear me? Um, Does God love me? Let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. So, again, we want to move forward from just the the basics. You know, when we talk about, um, you know, does God love me? If you've been saved any amount of time, you know that God loves you. If you know that God is with you, you know that God is for you. You know, there's some basic things that at this point, as we start 2015, that as Christians, especially mature believers or those who are moving on to be mature believers, that we should know. We shouldn't, there should be no question in our mind whether God loves us. There should be no question in our mind whether that there is a God. There should be no question in our mind that does God require us to live holy. There are certain things that are just basic. And that verse goes on to read, it says, Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. But Paul goes on to say, say, you know what, surely we don't need to do this, but if, and this will we do if God permit. So he's saying this, we shouldn't have to do this, but for him to go back again and for us to talk about it again is not burdensome, but it's something that, you know, sometimes needs to be done. So that's what we're going to do as we move in to um, 2015. In Hebrews 6, Verses 1 and 2, 
Paul was encouraging the saints to move on to perfection, to move away from milk, to stop focusing on the basics of the faith. You know, like I said, the things that they should have known and been doing all along. But he ends verse 3 telling them that if he had to go back and review the basics, he would as the Lord permitted. Well, tonight for a few minutes, we are going to go back and review some of the basics so that we can progress into 2015 with no regrets and possess all that God has promised us. Amen? The first two foundations that Paul talks about here, and which is what we're going to talk about, are repentance and faith. Is your foundation solid? Is your faith solid? Is your uh, repentance, um, biblical repentance? Is your repentance based on the word of God, and is your faith in Jesus alone? And those are two questions I want you to think about. Is your repentance based on the word of God, and is your faith in Jesus alone? Amen? Is your faith in him and his word, or is your faith in what you want? You know, a lot of times we pray and we ask God for things, and that's where our faith is. Our faith is in, you know, Lord, give me a car. Lord, give me a new job. You know, Lord, you know, we get so focused on what we want. Our hopes and prayers are focused on what we want. You know, if your faith is in what you want, you can be discouraged when you don't get it. But when your faith is solidly in the Lord, you will trust him to answer your prayer in his time and in his way. So I could be praying, Lord, help me to get a new job. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm focusing, I'm quoting the word, I'm believing God, I'm fasting, but I don't get the new job. If my hope and my faith is in Jesus Christ, I won't be discouraged. I won't get upset. I won't curse God when I don't get the job that I want because I know that I serve a God who hears me. I know I serve a God who's with me. I know I serve a God who can't fail. I serve a God who will never let me down. I serve a God who loves me. And if I serve that type of God, if he doesn't give me what I want, then evidently he has something better for me, or evidently I didn't need it. So we have to make sure that when we talk about trusting God and having faith in God and his word, that we have to understand that God, our former pastor used to say, God is not going to let us boss us around, boss him around with his own word. You know, we have to humble ourselves to the Lord. Even when we pray, we have to come with a spirit of humbleness. We have to come with a spirit of, you know, not knowing everything because we don't know everything. You know, God gives us his word, but he can choose to use the word how he, cho- you know, chooses to do it or when he chooses to do it. So we have to remember that. Let's take a look at the word repent. Amen. Repent means to turn from evil and to turn towards good or to Jesus Christ. There's only one person that's good, and that's the Father. Amen? So repent means to turn from evil, to to turn from our lying ways, to turn from our backbiting, to turn from our stealing, to turn from our mean ways, to turn from our evil ways, and to turn towards Jesus Christ. You know, if you just turn away from something and don't deal with the root of the sin, you will eventually turn back. If you just turn away from something and don't replace it with the Word of God or with the principles found in the Word of God, then you will find yourself just engaging in good works. Amen? And good works, while they're good works, they never saved anyone. Good works is not going to save us. Good works is not going to get us into heaven. Amen? Um, As I said, good works were never designed to save you. For example, some people may turn away from going to strip clubs. You know, they'll use their willpower 
and they'll say, I'm not going to do that anymore, or I'm not going to use drugs anymore, I'm not going to curse. All of those things are good, but that in itself is not the Spirit of God. That is human will at work only. Now, don't get me wrong. We have to make some decisions. We have to make some choices. But even in that, we have to ask the Lord to help us and to rely on his spirit to lead and guide us. You know, I know people who pray several times a day religiously. They'll pray four, five, six times a day. Amen. They only eat certain foods, especially during um, certain times of the year. They're very good, and they're very moral people. They don't drink. They don't smoke. Um, many of them have better morals than we, some of us as Christians do. Amen. But the problem is they don't have the Spirit of God operating in their lives. All of this that they're doing, they're doing it based on their will, which, again, which is a good thing because we don't need to be drinking and smoking. But the problem with that is you have to go further. You can't just stop there. Your will has to be brought under the will or in line with the Word of God. Your will has to be brought in line with the Spirit of God. God never meant for us to do anything apart from His Spirit. You know, a lot of times we may, going back to having faith, we may have faith in God's Word, and the faith that we have, we might want to step out on God's Word, and all of that is great. But no matter what you do, you have to always remember that we need the Spirit of God. You need the Spirit of God. I need the Spirit of God. We have to always rely on Jesus Christ. We can't assume that we can do anything without Him. The Word lets us know that in Him we live, move, and have our being. We have to know that. We have to know that it's in Jesus Christ that we live. It's in him that we move. It's in him that we have our very being, our thoughts, our ideas. Everything has to be brought in line with the word of God. You know, again, the word of God is never was never given to us so that we can operate outside of God. You know, God gives us, our word, gives us his word not just so we can say, okay, I got the word, now I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to act however I want to act. No, God's word is given to us, but we still have to turn around and give him his word back. We still have to ask God, okay, God, now that I have your word, um, I, I understand it, I'm reading it, but God, show me. Continue to reveal yourself to me. Show me what I should do, what I shouldn't do. Amen? We always have to rely on the spirit of God. So godly repentance means to turn away and to turn to. Godly repentance is to admit that you are wrong to admit that you are not, what you are doing is not right, to make up your mind to not do that again, to change your ways. But unlike just using your willpower, godly repentance goes one step further and says to Jesus Christ, Lord, help me. It says, Lord, I repent from lying. Lord, help me. Lord, I repent from stealing. Lord, help me. Lord, I repent from gossiping. Lord, help me. Whatever it is. Godly repentance is when you get honest with yourself. It's when you get honest. You know, it's not about getting honest with the pastor or getting honest with the uh, apostle or trying to make yourself look good in church. It's about coming to Jesus Christ, coming to the cross, where that cross is. It could be in your bedroom. It could be as you're driving. It could be when you get up in the morning washing dishes. Wherever it is, it's coming to that to that point and saying, God, Forgive me, God. I was wrong. I was. I, it's me, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. Fill me again, Lord. Give me the strength. Give me the power to do what I need to do. And the thing about it is, God has already given it to us. We just have to rely on it. We just have to use it. But first of all, you know, as we move into 2015, we have to be honest again with ourselves. Okay, going back to Hebrews 6:1 and 3. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. 
let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. But again, verse 3 says, and this will we do if God permit. So what we're doing tonight, we're going back to the principles. We're going back to the basic principles. You know, even though Paul is admonishing us, you know, saying at this point, for some of us, we shouldn't have to go back. But unfortunately, sometimes we do, and that's what we're doing here tonight. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you, sister. God bless you. Repentance is when you realize that you can't do it alone and that you need Jesus Christ. And for many of us, that's the hardest part, to admit that we can't do it on our own, to admit that we need Jesus, to admit that we're not perfect, to to admit that we're not as smart or as put together as we thought, to admit our weaknesses. Repentance is needed to bring us to Jesus Christ. You know, and repentance is not just a one-time thing. You know, yes, there is an initial repentance that leads us to salvation, but we're going to have to repent over and over again as situations come up in our lives because God's idea is for us to come closer to him. And the only way we can come closer to him is as we get rid of our flesh, as we get rid of our evil ways, as we get rid of, you know, our stinking ideas, as we get rid of our flesh. The more flesh that we can get rid of, the more flesh we lay on the altar, the closer we can come to Jesus Christ. And that's his whole plan is to bring us close to him. But God can't bring sin close to him. He's not going to bring um, unbelief close to him. We're going to have to get it right. We're going to have to come to the cross. We're going to have to, you know, repent. Sometimes you may find yourself repenting over and over again. You know, and and that doesn't mean necessarily that you you know you're not saved. It just means that you have some work that needs to be done. You know, you know I, I tell people you don't ever want to try to be, you know, a, a, a overnight wonder or super duper or feel like you know if you have to repent again that that's a problem or that something is wrong with you. As many times as you need to repent, you need to repent. Because this is not about you or me or the pastor or the bishop. This is about you and God. This is about you getting where you need to be. Amen. And we're going to talk some more about that, but I just wanted to kind of put that right in there. So, again, salvation starts with repentance. But repentance is just the, the beginning. That saving grace, that saving salvation, that salvation, I mean that repentance where we come to God and say, God, forgive me, I repent, I'm a sinner. That's the first step, amen, because situations will come up to let us know that we still have a temper, that we still have some pride, that we are still dealing with the issues from the past. Repentance has to be a lifestyle. As Christians who want to go higher in God, we should be quick to repent when needed, amen. Our God has many tools, if you will, that he will use in us to mold us and to make us into what he desires for us to be. His goal is to form us into his image in all aspects of our lives to include our thoughts, feelings, and personalities. Let me just stop there for a minute. You know, we all have thoughts, feelings, and personalities. When we get saved, when we first come in, come to the Lord, so to speak, our flesh doesn't get saved. <clears throat> our thoughts, feelings, and personalities, well, that's what we talk about, the flesh, that it doesn't get saved. That's why we're told to put it under subjection. We're told to bring our thoughts, our ideas, under the will of God because it doesn't get saved. We have to die daily. And if we don't 
some people they think because I'm I'm saved, you know, I'm I'm fine now. But you can be saved and still not have um, be sanctified in your thoughts, feelings, and and emotions. You could be saved and still, uh, or come into salvation and still want to curse somebody out. You can be have um, be saved and still be mean and still be evil and still be difficult to get along with. Why? Because yes, your spirit has. Um, Brought, come in line, but you haven't allowed the Word of God to come into your thoughts, feelings, and emotions and begin to renew. That's what the Scripture tells us, to renew our mind with the Word of God so that our thoughts, our feelings, and emotions can be saved, I mean, can come in line with the Word of God. You know, we have to do it. That's why you see so many saints who are just, um, they're just nasty. Their spirits are nasty. They're just... Um, they love God, they're speaking in tongues, but then they'll fight you in a minute. They say they love God and they're speaking in tongues and they're, you know, they're just so animated and so um, into the word of God, but then they're just mean. They'll lie to you at the drop of a dime. They'll, you know, they'll just, um, they're just nasty, they're just nasty personality-wise. And that's because they, they haven't gone far enough. They, they're not having talked about sanctification, which is a whole other um, point. They haven't allowed the Word of God to get down in their spirits. Yes, you can't just live any way you want to live once you first become, when you say you're a Christian. You can't just um, think any way. You can't just act any way. You just can't treat people any kind of way and say that you're a Christian. Let me back up. You can say you're a Christian because people do it and they say it all the time. But far as from the Word of God, you, you can look at it and see your, your behavior is not matching up with the Word of God. You're not right. bringing God glory when you act like that, when you behave that way. You know, when people look at you and say, good grief, I thought she said she was saved, you know. But, <laughs> and, and, and that's the problem, right? That, that is a problem. But yes, the thing well. is, right, because people don't understand, you have to bring your thoughts. Our, my thoughts, my personality didn't get saved. You know, my um, will didn't get saved. I have to bring my flesh under subjection. I have to bring my will. I have to choose not to um, curse the person out who gets in front of me. You know, I have to make the decision and ask the Spirit of the Lord, Lord, fill me up, fill me up. Give me more of your spirit to drive out all of those evil ways, to drive out all of those, um, you know, nasty ideas and thoughts that's in my flesh, you know. I have to ask the Lord to do that. I can't try. People try to do it on their own, going back to willpower. And some mm-hmm. people are good at it. Some people have strong willpowers. They can stop um, anything and, and, and stop doing it, right? But that's still that willpower is not the same thing because I can be nice, but for for a certain extent, I can be nice until I get tired. I can be nice until somebody um, step on my feet. And I don't expect them to step on my feet, you know. I can be nice and, um, until, if, until I have a bad day. But the thing is, when the Spirit of God comes in, it won't just be me doing it. It will be the Spirit of God just making me and molding me into what God desires for me to be. Amen? So, so as I said, his goal is to form us into his image in all aspects of our lives to include our thoughts, feelings, and personalities. To do that, he has many tools that he can use. You know, God is such a a wonderful God. He has so many 
tools, if you will. You know, the, the devil is one tool of God, but God has so many tools that he can use. Um, he yeah. has a tool of rejection, you know, to drive us to him. He has a tool of slow drivers. Sometimes you're out there driving and you don't really see um, how is that a tool. Well, if you drive behind a slow driver and you get upset and angry, that's just a tool because that situation God is using to for you to see that you still got a lot of temper in you. You still got a lot of anger in you. So that's a tool. The tool of someone cursing you out, the tool of delay, the tool of being broke, all of these tools or instruments are designed to show you your flesh and to force you to put it all on the altar. Well, repentance is just another tool that God has and uses. You know, we have to realize that God's ultimate plan is for us to get rid of our flesh so that we can go higher in him, so that we can move forward. We talked about um, 2015 being a year of no regrets, as the, the Lord gave the word to our pastor. Well, in order, again, not to have those, to have any regrets, we have to get rid of some of the flesh in 2015. We can't hold on to things. And part of not holding on to things is um, having a lifestyle of repentance. You know, as God, things come up in our lives and God shows us what's still working in us, we have to repent. God, forgive me. I didn't realize I was going to be that mean and angry or mean and, you know, just cantankerous or whatever. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. Lord, help me. That's the reason why situations come up. So we can see us. It's not the slow driver. It's not the person, you know, who curses us out. It's not our spouse. It's us. God is trying to get us to see where we are. Because sometimes without those situations coming up in our lives, we would never believe that we were mean. If somebody came up to to you and said or came up to me and said, you know what, sister, you're just mean and you're evil and you're angry, I would say, nope, not me. But when situations come up, you know, uh, that come up. I, I have no excuse because it's just me in the situation, and I have to say, "Oh gosh, yeah, that that is me. That I wow, I am mean and angry. Lord, forgive me." He loves us just that much, Amen. Mm-hmm. So, amen. Godly repentance will bring us to our knees, and it will strip us of us if we will allow it. And don't we want to get rid of us? Because I want to get rid of me. I don't want to hold on to anything that will allow me not to get all what God has for me in 2015. I don't want 2015 to close, and I I missed out on the words that said no regrets, and I go into 2016 with regrets. No, I don't want to have any regrets because that's the, the year. This is the year of no regrets for Personal Touch International Ministries and for us. Amen? We want to get rid of us, ourselves. You know, some of us want to go far in God. But if we don't allow God to do what he needs to do inside of us through repentance, we will get to the place, you know, that we want to get to, that we've been praying about, but we will not be able to stay there because of their, but stay there because we have too much of our flesh working. You know, you will get the ministry only to be on the news the next day being charged with embezzlement. You know, you see people who have these big ministries and they, you know, they're in ministry and then you turn on Channel 5 News and you hear, Pastor so-and-so was arrested for stealing so much money or Pastor so-and-so was, uh, you know, arrested for beating his wife or for having sex with other men or women in the church. That type of stuff didn't just happen overnight. That was already in them. God was dealing with them years and years before it got to that point, you know, because yeah. he's faithful like that. But what happens is when we get caught up in pride and 
don't want to hear what God is saying, then unfortunately things like that happen. But what God wants us to do tonight is to hear what he's saying, to hear what he's saying through the situations that come up in our lives. You know, anytime we feel that little twinge that, you know, that we feel insulted or we feel like, you know, somebody's taking advantage of us or, you know, whatever that is, we want to stop and begin to ask, okay, God, help me. God, what is this? Lord, forgive me. Help me to be better. Help me to do better. Because God is taking us higher in 2015. He is blessing us in 2015. He is answering prayers in 2015. But we want to be in a place that when we, he answers the prayer, that when he blesses us, that we'll be able to hold on to it that we won't be one of those people um, on the news that everybody else is talking about because we didn't allow God to do what he needed to do in our lives in a small place, so to speak. Amen. So, um, amen. So we want to make sure that we allow God to deal with those sneaky and deceitful ways that's in our heart. The word of God lets us know that our heart, all of our hearts, is wicked. It's deceitful. It's wicked. So when people say, the Lord know my heart, yes, he does know our heart. It's deceitful. It's wicked because that's part of the flesh. So it can't help but be deceitful and wicked. But we have to, when God allows us an opportunity to repent, we have to say, God, I repent. I'm sorry. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. That's why we have to... um, uh, David had to ask the Lord, renew in me a right spirit. And we have to say, God, renew in me a right spirit. Create in me a clean heart because my heart is not clean. I, as a result of, you know, God is showing us things. God will, And he'll show us what's wrong with us. He'll show us what we, things we need to work on or things we need to put on the altar. Because there are some things that, that God will show us. It's not necessarily meant for us to go out and do, but it's ne- meant for us to say, God, just help me. Because there's some things he's going to have to do. But as he shows it to us, all we will have to do is just yield to him. All we have to do is yield to the Spirit of the Lord and allow him to do what needs to be be done. Godly repentance will take away pride. Godly repentance will take away that haughty look. And again, God says he hates pride and he hates a haughty look. And so we don't want to be found in that um, category. We want to kind of be clean. We want to be asking God to help us. And when we ask God to repentance, it's not about God beating us up all the time. It's because he loves us. It's not about because God is trying to break us down or to insult us or to make us feel bad about ourselves. No, he's just, he wants to take us higher. When God shows us an area where we need to be to repent in, what he's saying is that I love you. What he's saying is, I want to use you for something greater. I want to use you for something great. You know, the scripture talks about in a great house, you have all types of um, utensils. You have some common utensils, and then you have those utensils and cups that are only used for special things. And God wants to use us for special things. He wants to use us for, uh, for his glory. And the only way he can do that is if we're sanctified. The only way that he can do that is if we yield it to him. And that's what we have to remember as we move forward in 2015. Amen? Amen. The second basic tool is faith. And, again, our, our foundation scripture is Hebrews 6, 1 and 3. It says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, 
and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permits. So the second basic tool we're talking about is faith. And we're talking about faith in God. Now there is the saving faith, and that's found in Romans 10 and 10. It says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But faith is an ongoing thing. Romans 1 and 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we are born into the salvation through saving faith, and we're going to live this life through faith. Now, it's always going to be a faith walk. It's, um, because when you think about it, it takes faith to believe a God that we can't see. It takes faith to believe a God that we can't hold, you know. It, it's a blessing that God has given us the spirit of faith. He's given us the ability to believe him because there are some people who are blinded. They're blinded with unbelief, and they can't believe God, but we can, and we thank God for that. But we have to understand that faith is just another tool. So we start with saving faith, but every day is a faith. It's a faith walk with God. Our faith must be in Jesus Christ and his word. It has to be. If we are in faith one day and out the next, we need to ask the Lord to help us. Um, We need to ask the Lord what is keeping us from believing him. And that goes back to repentance. I wanted to make a point. If we find ourselves keep continuing to do the same thing over and over again, if we find ourselves continuing, you know, to be angry, continuing to, you know, get upset quickly or just over and over again, then we have to realize that there's something else that's going on there. We have to kind of go to God and say, God, okay, what is it? There's something deep because if we find ourselves continuing to make the same mistakes over and over again, there's something that that's, um, we're not seeing. There's something more. There's more we have to really, we may have to fast, we may really have to get serious a bit about God and say, God, I'm repenting and for my anger, I'm repenting for my whatever it is, but God, show me what is the trigger. What is the trigger that's causing me to get angry? What is the trigger that's causing me to curse my husband out or to beat my wife? What is the trigger? Why am I doing this, the same thing over and over again? And as we walk with God, God will begin to show us. Because sometimes, you know, we, we we need to find out what is the root. God, show me what the root is. Now, we don't have to wait and, um, to, for God to show us. You ask God and you keep walking forward. You keep doing what the Lord gives you to do. You keep bringing your life in line with the word of God. And he will show you as the, he sees fit. But you have to begin to ask God and be honest. And, God, there is something going on with me. Is it because I like cursing people out? Is it because I like... Um, being a bully, Lord, what is it? Show me why can't I get rid of this temper, If, for example. Why can't I get rid of this anger? Why am I always getting into argument with people? Is it because I'm, I'm prideful? Is it because I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm arrogant? Whatever it is, we have to begin to ask the Lord to kind of go deep. You know, many times things have happened to us in life, you know, whether as a child or as an adult or just things have happened to us, and we've developed ways of looking at life that not always correct. Well, actually, if it's not outside of the word of God, it isn't correct. But we just have to begin to ask God and say, God, 
come into my life. There's something going on here that I'm not seeing. I've, I've repented. I've asked you to take away unbelief, doubt, and all the things I know to take to ask. But God, come into my life. I need you to come in and because there's something else, God. I'm asking you to reveal it to me. Ask you to show it to me. I'm asking you to show me what I need to do to bring myself in line with it. Because yeah. faith, we live by faith, and even asking the Lord is a form of faith. Some people would say, well, I don't feel like I have faith in God. Well, the fact that you ask God is an indication that you have faith in him. So you don't have to be um, discouraged by that. But we need to ask the Lord, what is keeping us from believing him? What is inside of us that is keeping us from grasping this word and stepping on it, out on it like we should? You know, some people will grasp certain concepts of God really easy. But those same people will have difficulty with other concepts. When we hear the word or anything really, that word we hear is filtered through our thoughts, our past experiences, good and bad, our hurts, our disappointments, and our personalities. When you hear the word of God, the word of God has to contend with all of that. It has to contend with what we're thinking about. It has to contend with, you know, what our thoughts about tomorrow, our thoughts about the past. It has to contend with, you know, um, what somebody said to us on the bus and how I feel. So the Word of God, is, is when you think about it, the Scripture says it's powerful. It really does a, a, a God really does a powerful thing with the Word of God because the Word mm-hmm. of God, when it comes in, it has it comes into our spirits. And it has to come through all of that stuff. But it's, it's, it does, so we thank God for it. But when that word of God comes through all of that stuff that we have and we, we start hearing it, we have to pray, number one, to ask God for ear to hear. God, give me an ear to hear your word. But we also have to ask God for the strength to hold on to the word. Because how many times, you know, we've been somewhere, we've heard the word, we say, oh, that's a great word, and then a week later we can't remember it. Or we, we say, God, oh, that's a powerful word, or we write it down, and then we can't hardly read what we wrote, and then we forgot all about the word or whatever, because we have to ask God, okay, God, I thank God for an ear to hear. Let this word get into my spirit so that when I need it again, I'll, I'll have it. But we also have to get into a habit of meditating on the word of God. We have to get into a habit of rehearsing the word over and over again. The children of Israel, that's what they were instructed to do. You know, they were instructed to take the word of God and to recite it, to rehearse it, you know, to hear themselves saying it over and over again. And that's what we have to do because we have so many things that go on in our lives. There are so many things that will come to take the word of God out of our spirits, that will come to take the word of God, you know, away from us. You know, you hear the word of God, and as soon as you get out of service, you go to your car, you got a flat tire, so now you're focusing on that. Then the kid needs something, and then work is calling, and then it'll be a week later or before you really sit down and think about, oh, gosh, that's, what was the word? What was the word? So we have to fight to hear the word of God. Amen? Um, Amen. We have to lay aside our flesh. Again, those ideas, thoughts, and feelings that are contrary to the word of God and fight to focus on the word of God. Yes, it will be a fight for some of us. Some of us have an excellent ear to hear. You know, I thank God for my pastor. I thank God for one of our elders, and they just have an excellent 
ear to hear. They can remember stuff. They can recite it back really easily. You know, that's a gift that God has given them. And not only can they recite it, well, they can recite it because it's in their spirit. They can do it real easily. But for some of us who don't have that gift, we have to ask God, God, okay, help me to hold on to this word. Help me to recite it over and over again. So for some of us, it's going to be a fight. What do you mean a fight? We're fighting our will. We're fighting, you know, we our time. I'm to say, no, I'm going to put this time aside where I'm going to meditate on the word of God, where I'm going to read the word of God. Because these, those ba- these basic things of reading the word and meditating, those things don't come naturally because they don't come naturally to the flesh. The flesh never wants us to, motiv- to um, meditate on the word of God. Our flesh never wants us to read the word of God. When we read it, some of us get sleepy. We get distracted. You know, we go into prayer and we start praying, and after about, you know, we get tired and we look, and it's only been five minutes that we've been praying. You know, so our flesh never wants us to do anything that's going to move us closer to God. So we have to fight against the flesh. How do we fight the flesh? With the Word of God. We fight the flesh with um, doing the things that we know that we're supposed to be doing. So for some of us, it's going to be a fight. You know, we have to take a look at what are those things in my life that's keeping me from repenting? What are those things in my life that's keeping me from, um, from hearing God, from having faith? One of the things that keeps us from having faith is, of course, unbelief, but it's from not reading the Word of God, not being around other people, not rehearsing the Word of God. If I'm, re- I'm reading the Word of God on Monday, but then Tuesday I'm walking around in unbelief and I'm allowing that to go into my spirit and I'm allowing that to get into my mind, it's going to be hard for me to hold on to the Word of God. So sometimes I have to say, you know what, I'm not going to listen to gossip. I'm not going to listen to people fighting or I'm not going to watch all of this, all these type of TV shows, you know, because um, you can go from one, um, what is it, um, Housewife of Atlanta, Housewives of Miami, Housewives of Bermuda. You can go to this show, um, um, Beauty Pageant. You can go from show to show to show to show, and before you know it, hours have passed. And you haven't even read your word. You haven't even studied. Well, why is that important? Because the scripture says faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. You have to hear yourself read the word of God. You have to hear yourself rehearse the word of God over and over again. Amen? So, Mm -hmm. again, we talk about fighting our will so that we can move on to perfection. Because that's what the Bible study tonight is about, is moving on to perfection. So not laying, not having to go over dead works again, not having to go over the foundation of repentance, because we will have gotten repentance. Now we understand it. Not um, having to go back to faith. Well, should I have faith in God or should I not have faith in God? We're talking about moving forward. The next thing we want to talk about, oh, let me come back to faith here. Um, like I said to him, like I said before, is that sometimes we may have to say to the Lord, Lord, I believe you, but I help my unbelief. We have to say, Lord, I know that you're able, but help me. You know, um, sometimes people will will say, well, you shouldn't have to ask God the same thing over and over again because that's a sign that you don't have faith. And, you know, I, I would beg to differ. If you feel like you need to ask God over and over again, ask him, because who else are you going to ask? You can't, don't ask me, I can't help you. You know, don't ask your spouse, don't ask your pastor. It, God is the only one that will, 
that can help you. So the fact that you're going to him over and over again, number one, is a sign of faith. You wouldn't go to him if you didn't think he could, could do what you're asking him to do, and he's the only one that can help you. Because as you go to God and praying and asking God for help and um, asking him whatever it is that you're asking him, your spirit is being renewed. You know, yeah. it's not just you're asking him. Each time you come to him, he's giving you something. You may not feel it, but you are getting an exchange of the spirit just by the fact, amen, that you're asking him. So never let anybody discourage you from asking your father because that's who he is. He's your father, you know, yeah. just like he's my father. You know, that's the wonderful thing. God can be everybody's father. But Amen. don't ever get discouraged or let anybody stop us from going to our Father and asking Him whatever we need to ask Him, as many times as we need to ask Him. If right. he, He'll let us know if, we, if He gets tired of us, which, you know, we never will, but He will let us know. But we need to go to God. we got to go to God and say, God, this is where I am. This is what's going on with me. So, yeah. amen, we live and die by faith. It's Ooh. faith in God that's going to take us through. Not necessarily what we are praying about that will move God. It's the faith in God. So I could be praying for a million dollars by the end of the week. But if my if my prayer is so wrapped up in that million dollars, I will become discouraged when I don't get it. Because what people will do, they'll take a scripture. The scripture may say, you know, um, God says, whatever I ask in his name, he would do it. And I'm just repeating that over and over again. Lord, you said you would give me a million dollars. I'm asking in the name of Jesus a million dollars i'm over and over and over again lord i need it by friday and friday comes and i don't get it then i'm like gosh that word doesn't work no the problem is is that my prayer was so my focus was so much into the prayer yeah mm-hmm. my focus needs to be into the person the god who answers the prayer because when my focus is on jesus christ when i'm praying i'm saying god i'm standing on your word i'm believing you god i'm asking for this million dollars your word said you know and I'm quoting the scripture, but all the while I'm doing that, my faith is in Jesus Christ. I'm trusting God that if I don't get the million dollars, you know what? He knows best. I didn't need it. He heard me because we got to know that God hears us. God, it's not like we're praying amiss. He never, there's never a time when he doesn't hear us. There's never a time when he doesn't um, um, know what we're thinking. There's never a time when he doesn't, the scripture says he can be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He can be touched by our needs. He knows our thoughts are far off. So there's nothing that we can say or can't say or won't say that he doesn't already know. know? But the thing is, as we come to him, our faith has to be in Jesus Christ. Our faith has to be in God. Who is Jesus Christ? I think some of us, we forget who we're talking about. We, if your faith was in me, then, yeah, you would have right to be discouraged. If your faith was in your husband or your wife, you'd have a right to be upset. But our faith is in Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe. We're talking about God who took on flesh in the form of Jesus Christ so that he can redeem us back to himself. We're talking about God in Christ reconciling the world to himself. We're talking about God, the God, the creator, the God of our breath the Elohim, the God, our keeper, our deliverer, our strength, our way maker. We're talking about God, the creator of the universe, the God who can create anything. We can say, Lord, I need a miracle by 12 o'clock today. 12 o'clock can come and go. It could be 12 o'clock tomorrow because we serve a God who can create. What is time to God? We're talking about a God who controls time. 
We talk about a God. It's never too late with God. It's never too late with him. There's never, it may be too late with us because we have a time. Well, I need this by 12 o'clock. I'm asking God to do this by noon. But here's the thing. If 12 o'clock come, 1 o'clock come, and whatever we're praying for doesn't come, we know that God is still on the throne. We know that God is still faithful to his word. We know that God hears us always. And if He's here, if he hears us always, then we know that he's with us. So we have yes. to understand that we, when we talk about the basic principles, you know, we don't need to worry in our mind or to doubt whether is there a God. First of all, we know there is a God. We know that we serve a powerful God. Whether he gives me the million dollars or whatever it is that we're believing God for, God is still God. And we know that he can do it for us, whatever it is. But because we trust him, we know he'll do it in his own time as he sees fit. And, you know, based on how he sees things, but that we still go to him to ask. Our job is to ask. Our job is not to boss him around and try to tell him how he should do his job because he knows what needs to be done. Amen? Um, So my faith has to be in Jesus Christ, in his word, not in what I want to get from him. Because our faith can't be so wrapped up in what I'm praying about. And, and yes, we, we believe in God. Of course, as we're praying, we're believing that he hears us. We're believing that he's going to give us what we ask for. But excuse me, our faith has to be in God. Because when our faith is in Jesus Christ, we can trust him. When our faith is in Jesus Christ, we can have confidence in him. We can have confidence in his word that he's going to be there for us, that he's going to give us what we ask. He's going to give it to us in his time, and and if it's really a need, we'll get it. Amen? The next part of that scripture, and again, our foundational scriptures was Hebrews 6, 1 through 3, and I'm going to read in the New Living Translation. It says, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. This is what Paul is saying. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. He's saying surely we don't need to do that. But then he goes on in the next verse and says, well, basically, oh, well, if we have to do it, we're going to do it. And that's what we're doing tonight. Amen? Amen. The fundamental um, point is baptism. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ, you should be baptized. Does baptism save you? No, we know it doesn't. But baptism, but if you say you want to be like Jesus, and he was baptized, and I'm talking about water baptism now, what's the problem? You know, we have to be really careful. Any thought or idea that takes you away from God, any thought or idea that you find yourself arguing or fighting about, and it's in the Word, you have to ask yourself why. I know some people, well, I don't want to get baptized. Well, why not? Why don't you want to get baptized? What is it that, um, what is the problem? The Word of God um, talks about baptism. Well, baptism doesn't save you, but baptism is a necessary part of our growth because it's an outward sign of your inward commitment. Jesus was baptized. We say we want to be like Jesus, so what's the problem? So, again, you have to take a look at what is it? What is it that's causing you not to want to be you say you want to be like Jesus, but then we don't want to do the things that Jesus Christ is calling us to do. We don't want to do the things that he did. You know, why is that? And we have to begin to look at that. Um, many times it's pride. Many times it's, you know, unbelief. Many times I just want to do what I want to do. 
And again, that goes back to why is that? You know, I know people who are pledged, like the fraternities and the um, sororities, and they pledge, they walk around with these different colors, and they get um, all tattooed up, right? And they do that. That's an outward sign of their commitment to their um, their fraternity. They do that as an outward sign. You go to the games, you put your um, jersey on. Oh, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I'm a Dallas fan. You do that as an outward sign. So why won't you get baptized? Now, okay. so we, amen. We're talking about um, water baptism, but there's also, you know, um, baptism, is water baptism. We're talking about the baptism in the Spirit of God. So there are different types of baptisms. But if it's in the Word of God, we want to go ahead and do it. If it's in the Word of God, anything that's going to draw us closer to Jesus Christ, we should strive to do. If it's anything that's going to draw us closer to Jesus Christ and to make us more one with him, it shouldn't be a problem. We should run to do, you know. But, again, that's, uh, we have to take a look at that. The other thing talks about laying on of hands. Now, there are different um, laying on of hands. We're familiar with laying on of hands through prayer, laying on of hands through um, ordination, and there are different types of, um, of, of laying on of hands. But let me say this, the power is not necessarily in the hands, it's in the faith of the person that's laying the hands and in the person that's receiving. So laying yeah. on hands is like a, a trans, not transformation, it's like, it's a faith, um, a faith. It's, it's a point of contact. So the power emanates from the Spirit of God, who is the one that's doing the instructing. So we mm-hmm. lay hands on people. We do that because the Word of God tells us to do it. The Word of God encourages us to do it, and that's why we lay hands. But again, laying on hands takes getting rid of pride. There are some people who say, well, I don't like people laying hands on on me because sometimes they're afraid of the power. Sometimes they're afraid because it looks silly. Some people feel like it's out of, um, that's old time, that's old-fashioned. You know, some people, well, you can just speak the word. Yeah, you can just speak the word sometimes, and there are scriptures for that as well. But if the Lord is prompting that individual to lay hands, then we need to be obedient to receive the laying on of hands because there's a blessing in that. You know, again, we have to take a look at what how we're thinking. We have to take a look at why we're thinking what we're thinking, why we're feeling that way. Because, see, the enemy, again, and remember, the enemy lives in our lives in our flesh. And anything that's contrary to the word of God, the enemy is going to do. And if, if God says oh, we go, should go right, some thought is going to come in your mind and say, no, nah, I don't want to go right. I want to go left. You know, if the spirit of God says so we're going to go up, then something is going to come and say, no, nah, we should go down. So the enemy is real, is crafty like that. Anything that God is calling for, he's going to always come up with some idea that plant in our minds and make us think that we should do something else. Amen. So there are different um, scriptures, and I didn't write them all down. Acts eight seventeen, they lay then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And then it says, um, and when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. And we know that laying on the hands every time that doesn't always happen that way. But then it was when Timothy said, he said, neglect not the gift that is in thee, that was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands. But again, we know laying on of hands is biblical and it's right. Remember, our God is a relational God. He wants to commune with us, but he also wants us to get along with each other. 
How can we love God whom you have never seen but hate your brother you see every day? You know, and, and, and that's one thing we, as human beings, we don't always understand that, you know. God is not going to allow me not to talk to you, to ignore you, to be mean with you, and then think I'm going to get brownie points because I'm sucking up to the pastor, and that's going to get me in. That's not good enough. Amen? Another part of foundational Christian living is taking a look at how you get along with your brothers and sisters in the church. And since Paul was talking about um, the church and talking to the church, that's what I'm going to um, focus on. Um, Take a look at what we've talked about so far. We talked about repentance. We talked about faith, laying on of hands. We talked about baptisms. These are things that we don't just do by ourselves, but we do in the context of church. We do it in the context of people, of relations. As Christians, as believers, we have to get along with the people in our own church. You know, people will say, I've been hurt in church, and church people are... You know, all kind of things we say about church people. Well, here's the thing. The reason why you have been hurting the church, the reason why you can't get along with people in the church is because, drum roll, is because there are people in the church. People are people. Just like you and me, we all make mistakes. We all say the wrong things sometimes. And all of us, we're dealing with issues. And we're at different places, you know, in our lives. We're at different places in God, you know, with different levels of, of insight. So, you can't be in a relationship with someone and that person not rub you the wrong way at some point, you know. You're not going to like the way they talk. You're not going to like the way they say something. They're going to come in um, with a headache one day and they're going to be snappy or you're going to be snappy. So we got to understand that God designed this walk to be walked out with people. God is a relation God. He didn't save us so we can just stay in a house and be by ourselves. He didn't just save us so we can't, um, you know, go to church or we go to church and we're standoffish. He saved us so that we can tell other people about Christ, so that we can tell other people about him, so that we can, you know, begin to um, allow to release the word of God so the word of God can begin to save souls. How do so, you hang the um, Hello? Hello? Okay, amen. Here's the thing. If you are full of sin and deceit, you're not going to get along with others but so much. So, again, when I find myself not getting along with someone. Hello? Hello? Okay. Um, If I'm full of sin and deceit, you're not going to get along with others but so much. You know, if I find myself always getting into an argument with somebody or if I find myself always having problems, I have to take a look at me. I have to take a look at what's going on with me. If repentance is not a part of your lifestyle, you're going to be difficult to get along with. If you are in and out of faith, one of those people you believe God today and don't believe God tomorrow, you're going to have problems. Because when you're not walking in faith, and it's, you're going to be envious. And sometimes you may find yourself being envious of other people. Because you're going to wonder, well, why are they getting something that I'm not getting? Why is God not answering my prayer? You know, when you're walking, um, not walking fully in faith, your belief system is going to be off. What you think about God is going to be off. Because you're going to think God is sometimes up and sometimes he's down. But that's not the case. You know, so James 4 and 1 lets us know, says, from whence come wars and fightings among you? 
come they not hence, even from your lust at war in your members? Another translation puts it like this. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? And what are our passions? Is our flesh. Our flesh keeps us from repenting. Hello? Hello? Mute your phone, please. Thank you. Okay. Our flesh keeps us from repenting. Our lust, what we want, keeps us us from trusting God, from obeying God, and doing what he tells us to do. So we have to get to a point that we love God so much that we do what he tells us to do, even if it makes no sense. So, again, we're talking about um, laying the the foundation. And part of the foundation is being able to get along with people in the church because when we talk about laying on of hands and repenting and praying, our Christian walk is going to be walked out in uh, many times in these houses of prayer. They're going to be walked out as we interact with other people. So we have to take a look at what we're doing and making sure that our spirits are right with the word of God. We have to make sure that our emotions are, don't get the best of us. Amen? Um, Amen? We have to get to a point that we love God so much that, like I said, that we do what he tells us to do, even if it makes no sense. So as we move forward in 2015, the year of no regrets, we have to, you know, God may, as we begin to pray and we begin to do things and we begin to lay aside and to repent, God may call us to do things that just, well, that just don't make any sense. But we have to do it. If he says, go into your bathtub and dip seven times, we need to go to the bathtub and dip seven times. If he tells us to cast our nets um, on the outside, you know, cast our nets, we need to cast our nets. If he tells us to go up, you know, to Speak to someone. If he tells us, look, drive your car around this block here two or three times. Well, why am I driving my car around this block? This doesn't make any sense. Whatever he tells us to do, we need to do it. Because here's the thing. Once we, 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 we've gotten rid of the basics now, we know God is good. We know we're going to have a life of repentance. That's going to be our lifestyle. We know now that we're going to pray, that we're going to um, uh, lay hands, that we're going to be baptized, and we're, we're going to have a life now where we're not going to lay, we're going to lay aside everything that gets in our way. God is begun, going to begin to use us because as we begin to repent and get rid of our flesh, and begin to pray and begin to ask God to help us on a daily basis, he's, got, he's not going to just let us stay there because now we're going to be ready. We're going to get to the point where we can be used. And as we get to that point, then God now is beginning to, going to be able to drop more revelation. He's going to be able to drop more word of knowledge, more word of wisdom. He's going to be able to drop more, you know, put in our spirit to lay hands and begin to pray for people. He's going to drop more um, understanding of his word. He's going to drop more understanding of um, how we need to witness to people. He's going to give us ideas. He's going to tell us he's going to use us even more. And as he begins to use us even more, he's going to tell us, to do things that to us may not make any sense. But when he tells us that, we're going to say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. We're going to say, yes, Lord. Lord, I'm going I'm to drive around the block. Lord, I'm, I'm going to look crazy. I'm going to be out here doing it because I'm going to do it because you. I believe this is what you're telling me to do. We're going to step out on faith. But when we step out on faith, we're not going to step out on um, crazy faith. We're not going to do things. That's going to be contrary to the word of God because God's 
faith, the faith that God is pushing us into, the faith of no regrets, is not going to have us do things that just, that's contrary to the word of God. You know, <clears throat> he's not going to have us maybe take all of our rent money and give it away to someone. Um, now, unless you really hear from the Lord, but no, say he's not going to do that. But the thing is, we have to know he's not going to have us do things that's going to hurt us. The scripture says the blessings of the Lord, um, they, they add no sorrow to us. So if it's going to be a blessing, it's not going to be something that's going to hurt us. But he's going to have us do things that's going to take us out of our comfort zone. He's going to have us do things that, you know, we're not going to be used to doing. You know, he's going to have us, you know, um, talk more to people. You know, people are going to come up to us and say, hey, sister, hey, brother, can you pray for me? You know, um, sister, brother, can you talk to me about the word of God? Can you do this for me? And you're going to be astonished because you're like, hmm, I never... I don't know this person. Why would they ask me? They're asking you because they see the glory of God on your life. Because the more flesh we get rid of through repentance, through doing the basics, the more God is going to be able to use us. Amen? Um, It is through relationships that we get to see who we really are. Without situations in our lives, we will go through life and think we're okay. For example, if you live alone and you're used to putting your clothes in a certain area all the time. You wouldn't know that you have a temper until you get married and your spouse wants to put the clothes on the other side. Now, and that sounds like, sounds like a small thing, but you can think you're doing really well, especially when you live alone. Oh, no, I don't have any problems. You know, oh, no, I just, you know, I'm really easy to get along with. And that's what you could think until somebody comes into your life and you get married. It's like, good grief. Now, and then you fight over, look, no, I want the clothes over here. I don't want like the clothes over here. I want them over here. And then you find this person, like, getting on your nerves. What is it that getting, is that flesh? That's that's coming to the surface because you didn't think you were hard to get along with before. You thought you were a sweet person, but that's because it was just you. But yeah. right because now we're in relationships, just like in church. You know, it's easy to be nice when a pastor is saying things like, you know, oh brother, oh sister, you're such a blessing. You know, oh sister, you know, I love the way you read that scripture. The Lord's really blessing you. You know, you're just a wonderful person. And then the pastor turns around and says, "Okay, um, sister, brother, I need everybody here early because we're gonna clean up the church." And you don't like cleaning up the church. Now you get a chance to see where you really are because you were the same person that said, "Pastor, the Lord sent me here, and whatever He has for you for me to do, I'm gonna do it." That's what you said. Right, and it was easy to honor that commitment when the pastor wasn't asking us for anything. But now the pastor's asking, right, asking us to come clean the church, and I don't want to come clean the church. You know, now I got an attitude. You know, now the real me is coming out because now I'm like, who she thinks she is? She can clean that church and so I am not coming to clean that church. You know, now I see what's in me because when situations come up and we see what's in us, that lets us see why what's holding us back. That attitude is what's holding us back. That's why the Lord is so kind to let us see us and give us an opportunity to repent because those things that we're repenting about and repenting from, that's the reason why we can't get the miracle. That's the reason why we can't get what we're praying for because we got all of that stuff that's inside of us. You know, a, a church is a building, but it is a community of believers who come together to worship God under a particular vision. You know, the big vision comes from God, and, of course, we know that is to save the lost and to redeem man and for saints to grow. 
But God will take his big vision, if you will, um, and break it down into smaller pieces, and each house of prayer will get a piece. You know, each pastor, each house of prayer will get a piece. Um, And each pastor will have a vision that uh, ties into the big vision, if you will. And as members, when you join a house of prayer, you are saying that you're going to support the pastor and the vision. Now, unfortunately, there will be challenges because we all have flesh. But if we keep in mind the basics, if we keep in mind that, okay, being in relationship, being in covenant with somebody is designed to, it's going to rub us the wrong way. We are going to feel that flesh. That's not a surprise. We shouldn't get surprised when we feel the flesh. Because that's what the flesh does. We just have to now know, okay, I got to bring this under the altar. I mean, put it in subjection. I have to now know and let the Spirit of God deal with his flesh. I have to now, if it, I have to repent. If I need to repent, I need to do that. I need to repent and ask God to help me so that I can get along. Um, repentance on a regular basis, salvation, faith, prayer, Bible reading, being honest with God about us, laying aside that weight and sin that so easily besets us. All of those things are things that have to be a part of our life as we move into 2015, as we move into the year of no regrets. We have to be, repentance has to be a regular thing that we do. Um, faith in God. Well, we're going to live by faith. Prayer, you know, um, fasting, <coughs> excuse me, being honest with God. All of those things are things that we have to do, and we have to be honest with ourselves. We, the scripture talks about that sin that so easily besets us. All of us has that sin, that one little Achilles heel that always kind of seems to get us. We have to be honest about that, and we have to repent, and we have to come back to God and ask him to help us. Because here's the thing. Once we start making these things a part of our lives, we won't have to spend all of our lives repenting or all of our time repenting. We'll begin to start moving in the things of God. And that's the whole idea. We'll start moving in what God has called us to do. We'll start moving in the prayer ministry. We'll start moving in the, the fasting ministry. We'll start moving in whatever the ministry is that God is calling us to do. We'll start moving forward. We won't have to keep looking over our shoulders thinking about making a mistake. Because when in God, there's really no such thing as a mistake. Because if we, the scripture says, commit your ways to the Lord, as we commit our ways to the Lord and we do these basics here that's found in the word of God, even if we're wrong, if things in our minds, things don't turn out the way we think they should have turned out, well, Lord, I prayed, and then if things seemed to go, didn't work out, it still worked out because all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. We just have to continue to love God. We just have to continue to trust him. We have to just continue to put all ourselves on the altar and do what the word of God says do. Sometimes we may not get it right. Sometimes we may not hear everything the way we should hear it. But here's the thing. Because we're in God, because we trust God, and because we sought him, because we asked him to help us, um, um, he's going to be there for us. He's not going to cast us away. He's not going to, um, you know, yell at us or get, be upset with us because we went right and we should have been left. You know, God, dog, I, I, I should have went left. Lord, I prayed. Well, because you prayed, all things will work together for your good, and we just have to continue to trust him. So, again, as we move forward in 2015, let us focus on living a life of no regrets. 
And again, that's the word that the Lord gave our pastor for Personal Touch International Ministries. And for those of everybody on the call, for those of us who are affiliated with Personal Touch International Ministry, we have to know that this year we're not going to have any regrets this year because we're going to trust God. And if all things work together for good for those who love him, whether we up or down, we, it's, we're not going to have any regrets. We make a mistake, we're going to keep moving forward. We didn't get it right today. We're going to keep moving forward. We're going to repent. We're going to trust God and pray. We're going to get it right tomorrow. We don't get it right tomorrow. We're going to get it right the next day. We're going to keep moving forward because God is on our side. Amen. Um, So we're going to go on to perfection. And perfection doesn't mean that we'll do everything right. But perfection means that we're going to strive to go on to a higher degree, to bring ourselves in line with the word of God. When we stop focusing on the basics, we can go on. Okay, mute your phone, please. We can go on to being used by God in even greater ways. So, again, I'm going to close um, close out this Bible study, and I just thank God for those of you who are on the prayer call. Hello, hello, hello. She can't hear me. I'm sorry. Hebrews 6, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. So at any time we need to go back, we will go back. We'll go back to go forward. But we know because we trust God, we're going to keep moving forward. Amen? Amen. So we're going to close out in prayer. Dad, break the cabinet drawers. Amen. We're going to close out in prayer. Um, you down we- there by yourself? And we're just going to thank God. I'm, I'm going to pray so we can get off the line. Amen? Amen. Okay, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love, we appreciate you, and we magnify your name. We thank you, God, because this is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in you. We will rejoice knowing that you're God and beside you there's no other. We know that you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the God of all peace. You're the God of all unbelief. You're the God of all faith. Lord, we love you. We appreciate you. We magnify your name. But we ask you to look on our pastor, look on our pastor Robinson. We ask you to look on Pastor Roosevelt. We thank you. Look on every Everybody on the call, Lord God. Bless, strength, and encourage. Continue to take us through in 2015, Lord God. Take us through with victory. Take us through in deliverance. Take us through, Lord God. Help us to continue to trust you. Help us to continue to love you. Give us a hunger and thirst for your word, Lord God. Give us a hunger and thirst for you, Lord God. Help us to seek after you like never before in 2015. Let this be the year, Lord God, that we bring fruit. Let this be the year, Lord God, that we bring the manifestation of everything that you promised in our lives, Lord God. Let this be the year, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, sister. Okay. Okay. I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat. You eat eggs. You want to eat eggs. I don't 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 want to eat eggs. I don
You gotta figure it out. I know one thing I need to learn. Yes. Oh my God! I know it's the hall. I know you ain't got to tell me. 
Uh, you using the charger? Alright. You waiting for a important phone call?
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 